0: Hello, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Best Wishes with me, Sophie Todd. Today, we have an amazing episode coming up for you. This woman is just so freaking talented. It's insane. She has written and sung the intros and our theme music. She is the most wonderful, kind-hearted human being, and singer, songwriter, actress, you name it, she's got it all. And today we are lucky enough to hear about how actually her music Has influenced her mental health and how the two are linked. Um, Megan has been incredibly open on her social media about what she's been through personally and how music has got her through that. And I think a lot of people will be able to relate. I know I definitely did. But she, yes, she's an absolute, just inspiration. I wish I had just a tiniest bit of the talent this lady has got for us. Um, So please welcome to the episode, the wonderful Megan Blair. I would just like to say that before we get too much into the episode, this, we do discuss quite a lot about mental health and the impact of that. And um, it can be quite a triggering episode for some people. So if you are someone who is sensitive to these topics, that is perfectly okay. Um, Skip over to part two where we talk more about the music side and you can enjoy some light hearted giggles. Unlike any other of my guests, this insane human being has not only been a wonderful guest on the episode, on the podcast, but she has actually written her own soundtrack. I mean, doesn't that just say it all for how talented this wonderful woman is? It is called Sunday Love and you can hear all of Megan's music on her SoundCloud, which is in her social medias, and check out the show notes for that. She is the most insane human being, and you'll hear all about what this song is about um, after I share it with you. So please enjoy this original song, Sunday Love, as Megan Blair's soundtrack.
1: I'd get better If it weren't for this cold weather But all I know Is when you're here That I can finally breathe Maybe I'll be smiling in summer Maybe I'll be smiling at home Maybe I'd be smiling if there weren't these tears I'm hiding All I know is when you're here I'm not alone Maybe I'll be healthy next Thursday Maybe I'll be healthy by June Maybe I'd be healthy like that girl downtown called Elsie But I'm not her, but you said Cheerful by Easter Maybe I'd be cheerful in May Maybe I'd be cheerful if being was so simple I could lay with you and while away my days Just sitting near the sea in the sunrise you were my love, made for Sunday.
0: So, what a unique soundtrack that was! The beautiful Megan singing an original. I'm honoured. Um, how did you How did you choose that out of all of your amazing songs? And what tell us about the actual song? So, it's really
2: interesting that you start that. Basically, I, as you are right in saying, I do have lots of songs. So, initially, like, which one do I pick? Um, and I, so the song I just sang is called Sunday Love. And it's a song that I wrote, I want to say maybe two years ago now. Like, it's actually quite a while ago, but still very apt in my life. And so, I, I was inspired by by songs that tell a story i really i i haven't really written songs like that before but i i really like the style of writing that i chose to to sing for this one and it's 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 about it's about having having hope that things are going to get better and that like there is going to be that light at the end of the tunnel and i think similar to the things that we're going to be talking about on this podcast i think that that really is it that actually it is going to get better and that's
0: okay beautiful that was so clear and concise normally normally um i get a yeah well i just like the song (laughs) (laughs) Um, so no that was perfect um and i find it absolutely fascinating have you seen the film the holiday yes obviously okay good you're human um so you know when Jack Black or like Miles you know the character yeah he does the people soundtracks I literally find it fascinating how music can completely capture a person's personality and like by not only the words but just the melody yeah it's oh it's just so powerful and you're so talented and I'm so jealous that you (laughs) can just sit down and do it it's honestly insane but yeah so this podcast is going to be a little bit about the insanely talented Megan and how music's impacted you and mental health and how they overlap and impact each other as I personally think I didn't really realize the power of music since the lockdown the whole situation began and everything just went shit basically and music yeah. was the only thing that would automatically brighten my day
2: yeah no I, I totally agree I, I think I think a lot of people have realized over lockdown how much we rely on the arts I think particularly with everything that happened when that terrible ad campaign came out and it was like change your career path <sighs> bloody <sighs> grr, grr. Yes. yes um, indeed but I think it made everybody realise, actually, if we didn't have the arts, we wouldn't have all of these wonderful songs, we wouldn't have all these wonderful films, we wouldn't have any of these TV series. And I think people have really begun to rediscover the arts throughout lockdown. And that's that's been really lovely.
0: Yeah. And another thing that I have noticed is actually that I think one of the best things about music and the thing that we're missing in lockdown is the fact that it's live and that I mean, music taste, I feel like it brings people together. It says something about your personality. What music you're into says a lot about you. And it's one of the reasons why I wanted to do the whole soundtrack thing, because I feel like it really says a lot about a person. um, And you can kind of know who they are without knowing them by their (laughs) favourite song. But I just think that live music, being there and enjoying someone's talent together, whether you like you have no concept of who the person next to you is never met them before never will again but in that moment you're like together there's such a sense of community and I cannot wait for that feeling again when I go to my first gig or concert or festival ever I bet you're just (laughs) craving it It's literally making me tingle
2: right now, thinking of going to watch live music.
0: (laughs) Well, as a performer and as a writer, what is it like to actually be the one creating those moments? Really interesting question. I think I I haven't done any
2: gigs in a while, but I think the ones that I have done have been relatively spontaneous. And I think it's been sort of like an open mic situation. So when I visit my boyfriend at university, when when he's singing in Plymouth they have an open mic night like pre-COVID of course.
0: Um so it's, it's like a lifetime would... ago.
2: Honestly it does. Where you would sign up on the night and you would just get up and sing. And that was so nice because I would just get up and carry my Yukon to the stage and everyone would be like, Why she got this tiny guitar and I'm like <laughs> I'm cool, okay. <laughs> I am. Um, and then it's, it is that I, I have to almost think about the kind of songs that I'm singing. So I would sing a couple of originals, but also I want to pick some sort of crowd pleasers and the things that people are going to sort of join in on. So I've got this very strong memory of singing um, Forget You by CeeLo Green and like all these drunk people are like, fuck you. And I was like, yeah, everyone, let's get
0: excited about music. And it was just it was just this really like impromptu moment. And it was it was a lot of fun. Wow it sounds amazing and I i mean I've done a tiny bit as you know of like I used to sing a little bit here and there and it's it is just so it's such a feeling that you can't describe and you can't understand it unless you've had it of yeah. someone in that connection of you and the audience but let's let's just we've gone quite quite full in quite early on let's go back to the beginning and let you say your story where did you begin with music obviously it's in your blood but how how have you got to where you are now
2: so when when did it all begin that's a very good question so I mean I think that the (laughs) I would say amongst my family it is it is well known that I have always been a little musical bean um I was I was composing my own versions of Twinkle Twinkle Little Star at the age of three, where I would just sort of sing my own version of it and then I would expect everyone to clap. Uh, so <laughs> that was <is> brilliant. <laughs> everyone had to clap when I was done. Um, and then as well, there are so many videos of me like just performing in front of my family. Like I and then as well, like I'd be like, I'm not done, I'm not done, and I would like do another one. So I'm like, wow, little little Megan had a she had a diva complex back there. Fiance. Uh, and but yeah, I've always enjoyed music. And it's it's interesting because I think, particularly over the last few years, when my mental health hasn't been so great, sometimes it has been the thing that has gotten me out of it. But equally sometimes I have had to take a step back. And I think I think that's interesting because I know that a lot of the time we we consider music to be healing, but I think for me it was almost at times it was almost too much, I and mean, I, I needed to take that step back. But looking back now, I'm glad I took a step back because I'm able to come back to it now and appreciate it for what it is.
0: That's amazing. And knowing in yourself that that's what you need to do because I, I mean, I know that music is kind of your life and it's your passion and what drives you, and you thrive in it. Um, I mean, I've never. This sounds really cheesy, but it's like you light up when you're when you're playing, when whenever I've seen you anyway. And everyone in the room does too. So I can imagine that actually it is really hard because your songs, you know, they're naturally they make people happy. They might not be all uplifting, cheerful songs. You know, you talk about some quite heavy stuff in some of them, but it somehow puts a smile on your face anyway. And I can imagine it's really difficult that when you're not feeling that positive, to play your style of music is quite hard. Yeah, it can be. And I
2: think particularly over maybe the last three or four months or so, I've actually begun to explore different kinds of music because while I absolutely love playing my uke and having these sort of upbeat songs that can be about, as you say, quite difficult topics. I think that's the other thing. A lot of the time people are like, oh, that was such a nice song. I'm like Thanks, but did did you did you listen to the lyrics? Yeah. <laughs> like I appreciate that you think it was lovely, but it's it's quite important that you also listen to what I'm saying. Yeah. Um and but yeah, I've been exploring some different kinds of music. I think um Ali, my boyfriend, and I, we've decided that we actually want to do some more music together, and so we're gonna be doing some more music where he'll be playing guitar for me and we'll be composing some tunes, so watch this face.
1: Wow. Um
2: but that, is that an exclusive? <laughs> that is an exclusive thank you <laughs> and so that's very exciting that we're going to be doing that but equally i do want to i do want to continue to explore music as an individual artist because i think that's equally as important i think i think i i can have two sort of separate genres that i that i work in and it's just going to be good
0: a bit like taylor swift do it exactly
2: exactly i could do it all. um but going back to in terms of like my journey with music i think I think it was. It's really interesting from a lot of the on a mental health front. From a lot of the counselling sessions that I've had, it's it's really interesting because I was always this very bubbly, outgoing child who would sing everywhere, and then it kind of stopped all of a sudden. And we don't really know like what happened, but I I immediately was quite withdrawn. Like I didn't I didn't want to like perform in front of everyone, and I think it took a while for me to sort of get my mojo back. Um, and then that's then when I began to write songs and so my, my I began to write songs aged I mean I like I dabbled about a bit when I was little but you know they, they, they were shit but when I started writing good songs uh, I think I was probably about 14 and I actually began to write songs with my dad and so my my dad uh, writes lyrics a lot and um, we would then collaborate and we would write songs together and it was a really really nice experience to have to be able to work creatively with my dad he would come into my room like late at night and we would just sit and write together and it was it was really really lovely and we haven't done it in a while so I I, I should probably uh go downstairs and be like hey dad let's write a song later <laughs> um and and it's, it's really lovely and I think for me that was the first experience I ever had of, of completing songs I think a lot of the time I would I would write things down and I wouldn't necessarily get the song done whereas with dad we would we would have a finished product by the end of the evening and that was that was really lovely and so uh, some of those early songs i used in a production that i was in called wildlife which um i began when i was 14 and it was a very long process so i actually only finished it in 2020 so i i did lots of different things for that and it was very exciting but the song that was used in that was a song that i wrote with my dad
0: how lovely
2: yeah, it was really lovely. And part of the show was that my dad came on stage with me. and So we, we had to, in some of the shows, dad actually did come on stage. And in others, they like hired in actors to do it. And then at the end of the show, people would always come up to him and be like, Oh, your daughter did such a good job. And he was like, she's not actually my daughter. <laughs> he was like, I'm an actress. she's not actually my daughter. And people were like, oh, oh, I genuinely thought you were her dad. He was like, no, no, I've just been hiding." Well, <laughs> that's such a compliment. Well, exactly. I, I would always take it and be like, yeah, well, what can I say? Um, and then when did I start writing songs on my own? I think probably a couple of years after, I want to say probably around the age of 15 or 16. Like That's when I began to sort of explore my own style. And I think a lot of my early songs, it was, it was when I first started to learn ukulele. I literally bought one on Amazon. I just decided that I wanted one one day and I bought this terrible yellow one on Amazon um it was and she was she's called Maggie the Mahalo um and I I adored her and so she was she was my introduction into writing my own songs and enjoying it I think because I've I played the piano since I was younger but when it came to writing on the piano I found it quite difficult to write lyrics with piano so I wrote a lot of instrumental stuff but I wanted to explore as a songwriter rather than a composer. And so that was, that was when I, I think it all began. And I just, I remember like playing about even with just like your basic four chord songs and just sort of just writing and seeing where it took me. And then I would say from there, it just sort of blossomed. And then I decided to start my SoundCloud and I started putting stuff on YouTube. Um, and then started to try and perform whenever I could at sort of open mic nights and gigs and stuff. And yeah, the rest, they say, is history.
0: And now you're a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful artist. Well, what can I say? (laughs) I have had your SoundCloud on all morning and it's put me in such a nice mood. (laughs) Good, good. No, I
2: actually need to update it because a lot of those songs I wrote, I mean, well... It, I must have written them when I was about 17 and I'm now 21 so that's a quite a long time ago now
0: well you wouldn't be able to tell they still sound gorgeous to me <laughs> um let's now talk a little bit about your Instagram yeah I I think what you do on there is super inspiring I have I uh, I, I can't even put into words how much I look up to you about how raw and honest and just like the truths that people don't say. No, well, I I think one of the main
2: reasons I began to share sort of like the truth of how I'm feeling in terms of my mental health, whether I'm going through depressive episodes or whether I'm actually doing good, I think it's important that we share those things as well. I'm, I realised there was a real lack of... Of, of people actually sharing how they feel i think it's very much rose tinted glasses everybody wants to show that they're living this amazing life and actually particularly right now a lot of us aren't living amazing lives and that's okay <laughs> like oh yeah I'm definitely not <laughs> it's a collective sort of unity between all of us who who aren't living our best lives right now but that's okay because we're all going through it together and i think particularly during these lockdowns i think a lot of people will have discovered a side of mental health that perhaps they hadn't been familiar with before because they hadn't realised they could feel this way. And so I think it's in times like that where we, we need accounts on Instagram that are sharing how they really feel because then people can recognise that perhaps they're not in the best place and they can go, actually, you know what? I I can see that I'm, what's the word? I'm I I recognise within these words something within myself and then you can go, okay, maybe things aren't so great. And that's then, particularly when, when we're sharing things and we're sharing, like, helplines and things like that, people can get the help that they need.
0: You're my idol. Um, no, and I, I saw a quote which I just instantly thought about you and with, with your account, and that your story could be someone else's survival kit. And I think that just sums up your feed, to be perfectly honest. No, I think for me, I really wish when I was younger
2: that I had somebody I know this sounds terrible I had someone like me ah but what I mean is I wish I had an account similar to the one that I am producing that I could have looked to and realized actually it's okay to feel this way because my my mental health first began to decline when I was 16 and I didn't really understand what was happening I I I knew about mental health but I didn't I didn't know the ins and outs of it in the way that I do now and whether that comes from having had these experiences or from having people around me who've had declining mental health. I mean, I, and it, I, it's something that I've really thought about recently. When I was 16, I genuinely thought I knew it all. Like, I genuinely thought I had, like, like my, my shit together. I think and we that, all have those phases. That's just so hilarious because even now, I don't know what I'm doing. How did I think I knew what I was doing at 16? Like, what? What? so I think I think I needed I needed somebody online I needed an online presence that you know was talking about these things and and making me realize it's okay to feel this way and I'm I'm really pleased that so many other people are choosing to share their stories online because for me it's so helpful knowing that I'm not the only one and I'll read something and I'll be like oh this is just this has put exactly into words how I'm feeling right now. And I think that's just really helpful because particularly when you're feeling low, sometimes you don't even know how to begin to talk about it.
0: not agree more.
2: Whereas if somebody wrote on caption about it and you didn't really want to talk about it, you could just tag your mate in it and be like, I'm not going to lie, this is how I'm feeling right now. And then, you know, somebody else has done the hard work for you.
0: Yeah, and I think, I mean, I'm dyslexic, so I struggle with words and making things clear and actually knowing where to begin Um, and the conversations that, you know, you are having in captions and people's videos and content they're not easy to start with a friend or family and so like you say just tagging it or sharing it or sending it to someone and saying look i don't know how to say this but i really relate to this is such a great way to start and it just opens so much up about the how you are feeling and the truth yeah no
2: i'm i'm really fortunate actually i've had a lot of messages from people saying that my account has made a difference, and for me, that's that's the main thing. Even even if I get one message every few months, that's the reason that I do it because it's it's so nice to know that it has made a difference. Even if just on one bad day they were like, I really needed to see this today. I'm like, oh, that's the best feeling in the world.
0: And I bet it can transform your bad days into a good day receiving those messages. It really and you did. think that bad day was worth it because I recorded it and I showed someone that I was going through this. Exactly, and it almost validates it. Yeah,
2: and I I think that was the thing. I think initially I was obviously I was apprehensive about sharing these things online because, particularly in this day and age, there are so many you know hot there are horrible people on the internet, and that's that's something that you have to be wary of. But fortunately, I've never encountered any. Um, so I'm very lucky in that sense, but I mean, I think it would also depend on what scale your like your account is reaching and stuff. And I mean, I'm I'm only reaching a relatively local level, and so that's that's fine for the time being. Who knows? Perhaps we'll uh, we'll expand the following at some point. But take I, off, yeah, I'm I'm quite happy how it is at the moment. But I think it was it was from seeing people sharing these things that I thought, you know what, I want to do that too. I want to I want to be able to share these things so that. Other people know that it's okay. And as you say, it it can become someone else's survival kit.
0: You are an ideal guest for this podcast. You're making my job very easy. Um, Earlier, you spoke a little bit about how someone says it's a beautiful song when you play some of your originals. And you say, actually, have you listened to the lyrics? Because you do talk about some quite tricky and almost taboo topics in your songs, whether it's through metaphor or directly. Is it easier? Do you find it easier to speak through lyrics sometimes or? Interesting. I don't know if I find it easier. I think if anything, I actually find it quite
2: difficult. I find it difficult to know how to phrase things in a way that's sort of eloquent and is going to, is going to, I want to phrase songs eloquently, but also I don't want things to be missed. So I want, I want it. I want people to listen and be like, "Oh, that was an interesting lyric," and then maybe realise what it means afterwards. That that's always interesting. I think when I listen to songs, I'm like, "Oh, we've got a we've got a hidden meaning up in here," um, and that's always interesting. But I I do actually find it quite difficult to talk about taboo subjects because I never know sort of how it's going to be received. I think it can be quite difficult. But I think the older I've got, the more I've realised actually. I can write about to do things and sometimes that can be quite fun but also I'm sort of breaking these boundaries that people there is all this stigma attached to so somebody's got to write about it so why can't it be me?
0: Absolutely and music can seriously transform your mood so whether you know, you're you're feeling great. Listening to a great song is gonna put you know keep you on that buzzing level, but then actually listening to a song when you are feeling down that does describe how you're feeling can equally just not justify your imu- your emotions, but almost I don't know. It just lets them sink in. If that yeah. Makes sense. I-
2: thought it I think it I think it can give you that release that you need and maybe if you need to have a little cry while you're listening that's sometimes that's just the way it is and that's that's fine I mean it's it's interesting you should say that. So recently I I actually attended a sexual assault um vigil and they had an open mic where people were talking about their their sexual assault and um uh, I thought you know what I would really really like to sing right now it was completely spontaneous. It was in front of Exeter Cathedral. And I literally, I got up and I sang in front of like hundreds of people. Like this wow. was literally like two or three weeks And I, I sang a song that I wrote about my sexual assault. And I was just, it, I, was, I was crying as I started. But then the more I sang, the stronger I felt. And it was, it was incredible. And the, like the, the feedback that I got afterwards, I had so many people come up to me and be like, your song really... You know, it, it, it said Touching. everything yeah. that it
0: needed. Wow. Um, I've got another quote for you, which I think this... this it, it sums up what we've been talking about. Uh, but I'm interested to get your opinion. When you're happy, you enjoy the music. But when you're sad, you understand the lyrics. Oh, I like that. See, yeah. I, I think that's right. But it's, I don't know, to some level it's right. Yeah, I feel
2: like, uh, again, it really depends sort of how you're looking at music. I think sometimes I actually, I look at music in a very sort of like formulaic way sometimes. Like if, if, if I like something about a song, I'll be like, why is it that I like this? Do I like the order that it's written in? So sometimes I will like look at songs, the lyrics on the paper, and I'll be like, the reason I like this is because we've got a short chorus, a long verse like I will look at it in that way because as a writer I want to sort of emulate that and so sometimes I'll look and I'll be like oh that's interesting they've repeated this phrase three or four times throughout the song and that's why it's 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 the title and I'd be like oh, interesting so I think I I certainly don't always listen to songs because I want to listen to them sometimes I I listen to them like over and over to try and understand
0: more about them how fascinating. That's definitely as an artist something that you know you you do in a different way to anyone who just listens to your music would ever do or anything. But it's it's fascinating to understand the brain of Meg. Well, <laughs> yeah. The brain behind the operation. Absolutely. Um something a little bit random here. If you could if you had the ability to be any performer or artist or if you could experience one of their gigs as them just yeah. once, who would you want to be?
2: Oh. So I saw Tash Sultana. Um when would it have been? My goodness. A couple of years ago now. And I had tickets to see their show a number of times. Um but unfortunately. One was, why could I not go to, I've missed, her, I've missed one of their shows maybe twice now and I was so annoyed that I had to miss them. But seeing them perform on stage was just so inspiring and I have a video of them on my phone where they talk about holding a glass of water and they talk about how they say, oh, I have this glass of water, how heavy do you think it is? And someone in the audience shouts, one gram. <laughs> I was like, like cool but they're holding this glass of water and they talk about how it's not that heavy and they say oh you know i could i could hold this glass of water all day and they hold it out like this with their arm and they say it's it's not that heavy right now but when you're holding this shit all day it's gonna get heavy and and they spoke all about how if you're holding these things all day it's gonna it's gonna get you down and immediately I was just like, I, I, I was so glad I recorded it. And so I've got this on my phone and I, I watch it sometimes. And I, I think about having all of these heavy things and how actually we do need to put this shit down sometimes.
0: Will you share me that video? I, I feel like I need to see it. I sure will. And in fact, I could share it with the listeners. Yes, share it with the listeners. It's share great. Share it
2: with the world. <laughs> yeah. The Sultana is wonderful. And I've seen, as I said, I've seen them live and they were amazing. And I think just the atmosphere of, of the gig was just awesome. I went with my aunt and it was just, everybody was just vibing and, and listening to these powerful lyrics that they've written. And it was, it was amazing.
0: Amazing. Okay, we've got to the part of the podcast, the little fun bit of each episode where I get to ask the fear of the week. So, Megan, I haven't explained this to you yet. In fact, I will ask you what what this unusual phobia is a fear of and you need to take a guess at what it might be and i will reveal it in part two okay, okay. and i always struggle to pronounce it and i've probably got many wrong but what oh. is ligoraphobia the fear of ligoraphobia or ligoraphobia
2: it's got a one okay see I'm whenever it comes to guessing phobias I'm always like oh what does it sound like but a lot of the time they don't even they're not even anything to do with what they sound like so I'm gonna go for I know this isn't right but I'm gonna go for
0: the fear of legs wow okay I must admit that came from nowhere I was not expecting that I like it so I was like leg let's just go with that why not The fear of legs. Well, we
1: will find out in part two.